God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. So each week we sit down with a soda to hear a story from a different person from our church family. Welcome to the Sodas and Stories podcast, where we dive deep into the hurts, the healings, the tragedies, and the triumphs of all the different members of our church family. Each week we hear about someone different story and what God has done through their lives. Feel free to share and subscribe to what we're doing here. Thank you so much for being a part of this and welcome to the journey. Welcome back to Sodas and Stories. It has been a bit of a hiatus since we've we've done this, but I'm here this morning really excited about my guest. It's Brenda Reinard. Hey, Brenda. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm just excited that you're here. You know, you are the second Brenda that we have had on the podcast. I know. So it doesn't mean that you're the second best Brenda at all. Though Brenda Key is pretty fantastic. She's pretty darn fantastic. She is. So so we brought Brenda in because she's got quite a few stories to share on a number of levels. But first of all, you've got a soda you're drinking. I and do. It, you know, when I picked up at Sonic, it was a unique order. So what uh, what are you drinking right now? And where does that motivation come from for this particular drink? Well, it's a diet limeade with no peel. Um, I am a type 2 diabetic. Mm. So therefore the diet. And the peel just gives it kind of a bitter taste. So after they squeeze the juice from the, the lime, oh, okay. then they take the peel out. And okay. most of the time they leave it in there. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Well, he brought it out with the lime, with, with the peel in, and he, he actually realized it and then brought it back. So I was like, he's just thinking of Brenda. Of well, course. There you go. It makes sense. There you are. He's just looking out for you. Go Sonic. That's nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so as we kind of get started, Brenda, can you just give for the people, you know, a lot of people from Northwest Church are going to hear this, but for the people who aren't, could you give just a little bit of detail about just who you are? Well, um, who I am at Northwest and as a person, um, I am married with a, with four kids, uh, three of my own and one stepdaughter. Um, my husband and I are both married again, and um we have been, I have been attending here since 1992, I believe. Wow, and okay. then my husband is Catholic and he comes to church with me often, mm-hmm. but he also still attends his mass. So we have a blended family in many ways. Um, <clears throat> I am the watch team supervisor here at Northwest and I have a really great group of people that I work with. Um, and I just really enjoy what I do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. You mentioned Ron, your husband, who um, is a been has been a part of our church, but over the last year has seen his role grow exponentially. Yes. Could you could you share a little more about that? <clears throat> well, my husband is extremely smart. I'm very proud of him. Yeah, he is. And um, because we had to shut down the the services due to COVID, um, we decided that um, the ministry team decided to stream it. And Ron, along with Bob, our AV um, leader here, they worked together to stream the service live so everybody could still attend and and get their Sunday need or, or Wednesday need or, or what have you um, fulfilled because that's an important part of life for many of us here. Yeah. And uh, so Ron has been streaming the service live 
and he is training other people to do it. So if y'all want to step in and help, just give him a call. Shameless plug, right? Shameless could, plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. We could we could use we could use help on that. Uh, I got an email from him I think last night about y'all going on a mm-hmm. family vacation mm-hmm. here pretty soon. Yeah. So um yeah, like we for the people who hear this, uh, do you need to have an AV background in order to be able to do this? No. Okay. It's very simple and Ron has even streamlined a lot of it and he's written instructions and he'll work with you and he is a very very patient teacher um mm-hmm. and I'm part of that witness to that, I guess you could say, because he has taught me to do a lot of things and he's a very patient teacher. So Yeah, well I I as we first got all this off the ground, we go on Facebook Live, we go on YouTube Live, we're getting everything up and running so that people can still worship, especially when that pandemic first started and just, you know, everything shut down. And we're doing worship uh live at first and Bob uh, met with me and he's like, you know, Casey, I'd like to think that you guys would have figured out how to use all these special cameras and and the recording systems and all the streaming services we use as opposed to just taking your phone out and filming the whole thing that way. And I was like, oh, Bob, (laughs) that's exactly what we would have done otherwise, which uh, shows how technologically inclined I am because... Uh, if, uh, if, if I knew what I was doing from the tech side, I wouldn't have had to edit the first like 10 minutes out of the first like two podcasts that I did just because, Uh well, the feed messed up. I still do not know what happened and it might happen on this one too. So we'll see. But, um, man, that's, so you've got a whole lot of blendedness Mm -hmm. in, in your, in your family on a number of levels. So what have been some challenges um, that you that y'all have had to work through, maybe even still working through. What are some things that y'all had to kind of work out and, and experience through that? Well, um, when we met, um, we dated for a year, and then we decided that we were probably going to get married. And so that next year, so we basically were together two years. That next year, we went since we had our little hearts and our family to think of our my three boys and his daughter. We went to blended family counseling, pre uh, divorce recovery, premarital counseling, and there was one other. I can't remember what it was, but we just felt like it all paid off. Um, we also made the decision early on that if we didn't get along with each other's kids or our kids didn't get along, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Because I had seen through working through the school system too many families that they went ahead and got married and they did not make that effort to make sure that the children were happy or the the adults were happy with the children. And it was very combative and combative and a lot of time it resulted in children with a lot of behavioral issues mm-hmm. and divorce on top of that. And we didn't want that for each other or for especially for our children. Yeah. So Yeah. Um fortunately we were very blessed. The kids all loved each other. That mm-hmm. was her sister, those were her brothers and um you know, and then we, and then come entering the, the little in-law children, you know, when our kids grew up and got married. Well, how old were they when y'all got, when y'all got together? Uh, let's see. Uh, I think 13, 12, 10 and 9. Okay. Somewhere so around pretty there. impressionable yeah. for all yes. of them. Okay. But they loved Ron and, yeah. um, Courtney loved me and, you know, it just, um, it just worked out. Mm-hmm. It just really worked out, but we put forth a huge effort as well. Yeah. 
yeah, I can, it's, you'd have to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's experienced a little bit of that, not to that degree in, in a way, but I can definitely understand where, mm-hmm. where a lot of that thought and that feeling can come from. Yeah. So, um, so what has been some of the, the joys of, of experience of experiencing life as a stepmom? Is it any different from being a biological mom? Um, in some ways it is. I've always loved Courtney as my own. Um, she was just one of the kids, you know, I never thought of her any differently, you know, um, she has a mom and she has a stepdad. And so, and I don't know much about little girls, (laughs) you know, (laughs) being a tomboy growing up and then having three sons of my own, I didn't quite know what to do all the time. And then also I didn't just tell her she had to do this or do that, you know, to make changes to her. Yeah. To herself because she had her mom and yeah, I had to respect yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, um, her mom and well, the four of us have always gotten along very well. The mm-hmm. four adults have always gotten along very well. And if there was a concern, um, Ron would go to her and say, we're concerned about this or that. And, yeah. and um, so that really worked out. I mean, pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, sometimes I look back and go, whoa, how did this all happen? Yeah. Because I can be pretty cranky about things. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't? So uh, tell me this. What, what advice would you give to parents who have gone through divorce or maybe are still going through divorce? What <laughs> advice would you give them about co-parenting despite that relationship being severed? Honestly, I did not have a lot of co-parenting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-husband was overseas at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he did not live live nearby. Um, I did first start out not criticizing him at all. And um, we were taking my older son to a counselor at the time. Um, he was severely ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also was talked to the counselor because there was a 15-minute mom time, which I really appreciated. And... Um, he says, why are you constantly complimenting your, your ex-husband? It's confusing. He said, I'm not encouraging you to blast him, but quit sticking up for him when he forgets to pick the kids up and this, this, and that. So <clears throat> I swung too far the other way, and I started really being critical. And then I had to write myself up and say, you know what? Don't make excuses for your dad, you know, for my ex-husband. but." You know, just say, hey, he didn't make it in time, so we're going to do this, you know, to pick you up. So we're going to go ahead and do this. And, um, or I will talk to your dad about this, you know, whatever it took. And I cut out the criticism, which was also hard on them because they still love their dad. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, you know, we get together at family gatherings and, um, and it's okay. I mean, it's just a little awkward sometimes, but. It, um, it's really, I don't think it's bad at all. You know, uh, we give each other hugs and say hello and, and we talk and, and things like that. So it, you know, just don't carry a grudge for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. that it, it hurts the kids more than it hurts you, even as adults. And then when you have the grandkids that comes, that come along, it could affect them too. And I don't want that. Um, the other piece of advice I would give is. If you're going through a divorce or you're divorcing, please don't forget your kids are going through this divorce too. They will never have 
the normalcy that they've had um, while y'all were married, whether it be a good or bad normalcy, it was still normal for them. Mm -hmm. And if you're winding up in a better situation, great. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, also, parents, please continue to show respect for each other. It affects your kids and it influences yeah. your kids. And if you do not show the respect that you need to towards each other or towards your children, for that matter, um, you're going to affect them in a very bad way. Yeah. And they need to make sure that they know they are loved and they are respected and that they are important. Yeah. And whoever the kids live with, the other parent is not as involved. Please make sure you make the time and the promises that you make are kept. Yeah. Because that's really important. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. Let me, uh, let me also ask you about church. You, you're over <clears throat> our watch team, and that, that entails a number of different things. This isn't, I think a lot of people see that just as security. And that, and that's about it. There's more to it than that. Could you dive into a little bit of kind of what your role is, what the watch team's role yeah. is? Um, I am on call twenty four seven. If the alarm goes off, I'm called. If uh, somebody needs to get into the building after a certain time, um, I will be called by the security company. And um, so most of them that are used to coming after the certain time. They call me and they say, hey, I need to stay up at the building until such and such a time. I mm -hmm. notify the security company. You know, there's all sorts of ins and outs with that. Um, <clears throat> during vacation Bible school, we have um, one or two or maybe even three people here helping with the children. Yeah. Children get confused in a big building, a yeah. different building. They get lost. They don't see mom and dad. If we have a child with a behavioral problem, um, we try to help out with that. We don't interfere, but we are on, you know, on standby if one of the teachers or one of the ministers needs us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if, you know, something happens at the church, if the, if the building's vandalized or something is stolen, um, me and another one or two members of my team, we come up here, um, we take pictures, we file the police report. Um, we do that. I do all the scheduling for who's working when. Mm -hmm. There's there's just a lot. I mean, yeah. um, a lot of times people just come and talk to us because they need to get something off their chest, and we're the first ones there in the morning. And uh, we're in a small office, so I guess people like to come and sit and visit and talk and maybe unburden themselves a little yeah. bit. And it, it's nice to be able to be there with them. Yeah. Um, we help with anything that needs help with. We help with extracurricular activities, with events, and, you know, we're just pretty much the, I don't even know what to call it, the grab all yeah. kind of thing, yeah. you know. It's like, okay, uh, we're going to have this. Can you help? Can you unlock the building? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or what do we do with this? People call and say, do you know where this is? Or do you know where that is? Or do you know who does mm -hmm. this or does that? And so we try to stay uh, very well informed. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, you've been coming here for, you said, what, 92? I think since 92. So that's, you're you're pushing 30 years here. What a, uh, can, you, can you think back on some, just some really great memories that you have of being here at our church? What are some things that just... You will always cheer it. <clears throat> I think when our children were in the youth group, that mm -hmm. was just such a great time. Our youth group was very strong. 
um, we had a good group, uh, a group, um, it was so much fun, uh, going on the, the, the little trips that they went on, the, um, the Devo trips, like to the Camp Adina, retreats, camp. thank you, yeah. sorry, yeah. uh, the retreats and stuff, and being the cook, or being yeah. a chaperone, and stuff like that, and, you know, and we didn't want to stifle our kids, so when it came time for the the youth leader to get into the heart of things. Um, that's why I like to be in the cook because we had separate quarters. Uh, the people that I would cook with, we would usually leave so our kids did not feel stifled so that they could really open up if they needed yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, that was really important. Um, we were there for the other kids. Um, we also hosted a whole lot of devos and things from, you know, middle school through a uh, singles group at our home and those were I think the most fun times yeah. you know um we were also with um several couples and we kind of ran around together we played Scrabble together and yeah. went to movies together and stuff but unfortunately you know death took its toll on many of them and many of them have moved away a lot of them yeah. to the Dallas area yeah, okay. <laughs> and um <clears throat> so that was a little hard to pick back up but there's always somebody there you just I was waiting for everybody to come to me, mm. and that was a mistake. I needed to reach out there and say, hey, you know, would y'all like to come over for dinner, or would y'all like to go to the movies or whatever? Yeah. And if I would have just sat back and waited, and nobody would have known that I was in need. So reaching out was a really hard thing for me, and that, that really made me grow in that area. Mm. So that was a that was kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, you know, I think that's a, a big strain that a lot mm -hmm. of people, and, and this isn't just at Northwest, but a mm -hmm. lot of churches have where they say, no one's reaching out to me. No mm -hmm. one's no one's seeking me out. Mm -hmm. And one of the first questions that I tend to ask, especially when I feel that way myself, even mm -hmm. as a minister, no one's seeking me out. And I think, okay, who have I sought out recently mm -hmm. um, on multiple occasions, you know? And I think that's that's something that we tend to struggle with a lot is, well, no one's reached out to me. Okay, well, have I reached out to anyone else? Mm -hmm. And yeah, if I've been reaching out to dozens of people dozens of times and no one ever checks on me, okay, that's a real conversation mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. But before that, it's sort of, you got to look at yourself first and see, is there something that I need to change about what I'm doing? Well, that's kind of a benefit I have now being the first one here is... I, when people start coming in, I go out there and talk to them. Hey, yeah. how you doing? You know, and try to remember. Sometimes my remembery doesn't work well. Um, you know, how was your mom doing? Or um, how'd that new boat work out for you that you were, or that old boat work out? Did you make it look like new, like you hoped, you know, because they were renovating a boat? Yeah. And just the little things like that. And to me, that's part of reaching out. And especially... Oh, the other thing I really liked is when we all started coming back from the pandemic restrictions. Yeah. And everybody was just like <laughs> so happy. Yeah, and yeah. So it was old home week, yeah. you know. Everybody was so happy. It's like and homecoming, I just coming, right? Yeah. It was. And and I just stood out there. We were outside in the parking lot and I just watched everybody hugging each other and elbowing each other and, and yeah. air hugs and stuff with the joy on their faces. Mm -hmm. I, I just will not forget that. Yeah. 
And the other thing that was most important to me is when my three sons got baptized. Mm -hmm. uh, two were baptized here in the building, and one was baptized in a river uh, at Bandina. Yeah. And yeah. so that they accepted God, and and you know, and that just was very. I don't know. It's just it was just a very wonderful moment. Yeah, oh, that's so. powerful. Absolutely. And they made the decision on their own. Yeah, there's so many just beautiful things that take place in youth ministry mm -hmm. that you cherish. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a really fun upbringing. I had two different, there was youth ministry transition when I was growing up, mm -hmm. and I had some similar stuff that happened to me as well. And so there's there's some really powerful things. And as a parent, that's been really fun to, you know, be a part of mm -hmm. as well. So, um, well, kind of moving and progressing along, you are also... <coughs> work with the women's ministry and our wings email. Could you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that and how that works? Because a lot of people listening to this okay. have been prayed for and they don't even know it because of the email, right? Yes. Um, part of the wings ministry is a wings email prayer list. And what that does, it goes out to probably over a hundred households. Um, what happens is, let's say, let's say I break my leg. And I go and I send an email to the Gmail account. There's a special Gmail account. And, um, and I say, hey, I fell and broke my leg. I'm going to be in a cast for six weeks. You know, would you please pray for healing? La, 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 la. There's three other women on this team. We have someone checking wings in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at bedtime. And we pick up those emails. We copy, and then we paste it into the uh, F1 program, which is a Fellowship One program, which broadcasts it to everyone who has subscribed to the WINGS email notifications. Those go out, and uh, if you see at the bottom, in parentheses, it'll have either BR, MH, uh, LN, or SM. That's one of the team members that has sent out that message. Uh, that way we can kind of track who sent this out in case um, mm -hmm. there was an issue or if we had any further questions or or what have you. Sometimes we're called directly on the phone and we transcribe it um, over the phone. And we prefer it to come in via Gmail, but sometimes things are so urgent yeah, yeah. that they, it, you can't even... You can't even get it on paper, and it's better just to call or even text. And all those calls come to me. Okay. Um, um, if there's an emergency that comes to me, the elders and the ministers and the staff, if they have something, they send it or call me or text it directly to me, <clears throat> and then I send it out right away. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will send a response back to the Gmail account because if they respond to the F1, it goes back to the Gmail account oh, I'm praying for you, or please let me know what I can do. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that comes back to us, and it doesn't go to the person that they are intending for it to go mm -hmm. to. So let's say person XYZ, you know, needs prayers for his marriage, and people will respond to that email. It goes back into our Gmail account. It doesn't go to person XYZ. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that makes me feel bad because... To know you have the encouragement coming, yeah. and the prayers are coming. So yeah. I do answer the people back, and and I love that they want to tell yeah. them something, you know. But I'm encouraging them to go ahead and get their email address and send it back to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, we could probably do it, but then that would grow and then we would be on all day. Yeah. You know, and this is a volunteer group yeah. that does this. And Wings these ladies stands for Women in God's Service. Okay. Women in God's And these Service. ladies, Susan, Mary, and Linda, they are oh, amazing. They're terrific. They're people. amazing. Oh yeah. So and they're very dedicated. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. Yeah, that's man, that's terrific. So uh, I wanna kinda go back to your family life, mm-hmm. your experience. You have a unique experience of family life here in this church in that you have uh, your children mm-hmm. who, uh, you have a, a son who goes here still, mm-hmm. Richard, mm-hmm. who married a girl he grew up in youth group with, essentially, mm-hmm. in Crystal, mm-hmm. who is the daughter of Kim and Shane and Gerald, who are elders <laughs> at this church. There's a lot yes. of layers that go yes, on. Yes, there's a lot and of And then layers. they have two highly entertaining children <laughs> Uh, I that we get to interact with on a regular basis, and and Ashley is with you know on a mm-hmm. much more often basis than I am, but Julia provides plenty of entertainment she does. Uh, and knowledge. On yes, she has a lot of wonders that yes. Ashley asks about all the time, and then uh, Clark, whose head is somewhere in the clouds, and I I enjoy watching that happen too. Just how his mind ticks. It's, it's it good does. stuff. So he and he and my son Gatlin are about the same age. Mm-hmm. And so they, they play a lot together. Mm-hmm. And so how's that been? Has that, has that created some awkward moments or has that just been a really special thing that so much family can be all together? It's a lot kind of, the time? of both. Um, you know, I, um, until my first son got married, I'd never been a, um, a mother-in-law before. Mm, yeah. And unfortunately, I have this really bad trait that I have a jealous personality. Okay. <laughs> I'm just laying it out here, guys. Yeah, yeah. Being um, transparent. I appreciate that. You know, that. Um, redheaded German girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have gotten it pretty much under control, but there are times it raises its ugly head. And I am so blessed to have the in-laws that I have with all three of the kids. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, I don't mention my fourth son because he passed away a while back and he was never married. But um, but with the three that are married, um, I mean, their parents are amazing. And um, I, I just, you know, it's always awkward mm-hmm. for for some things. It just always is. It's just it is. And not because of any reason. It's just because it is sometimes. But um they are always welcome in our home. We've invited them for Thanksgiving. We have said if y'all aren't doing anything Christmas or whatever, we have birthday parties at each other's houses. And it's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. And it's very heartwarming that we all get together and and that we celebrate together. Yeah. And we celebrate our, our grandchildren and each other. So yeah. um, Michelle's parents are wonderful. Um, Mike's parents are wonderful. Um, Courtney's parents, you know. Um, they're wonderful. So there's just, just not a lot of animosity, you know. There's just yeah, not. So, terrific. but it's something that I know I always have to work out because I want to understand things, and and I just I get you know, a little hot headed sometimes, but I try not to be. Well, <laughs> I work at it. Well, I can. I and this is something I've noticed with grandmas in 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 general, and this includes mm-hmm. my own mother. They all want to be the best grandma. That's that's yeah. a very important thing yeah. to them. So, yeah. uh, and it doesn't. I I don't think it devalues relationships varying between grandchild and grandparent. Mm-hmm. But I I've noticed that with 
plenty of people. They want to be the favorite yeah. grandparent. It's something that everybody dreams about being, right? Yeah. The kid, who, the the person who spoils their grandkid the best. I don't know and, if I yeah. want to be the favorite. Honestly, I just want to be. I I think when I had kids, let me back up even before that. When my parents had us, hmm. they they did their very best, and it was good. Yeah. I wanted to be better, but boy, I sure do see my mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I have a second chance here with the grandkids. Okay. So, and I think that's part of it mm-hmm. that we want to always do better. And I hope that my children do a better job parenting and do a better job being grandparents mm. than I have. Yeah. So every generation, I think, should strive to always do better, not criticizing what the previous generation did, because most of us have done our best yeah. with what we had. Yeah. Whether it be knowledge or money or what have you. Yeah. You do the best and always try to do the best with what you have. I Man, I'm learning that still now mm-hmm. as, as a dad of, I guess, coming up on eight years. And I love God. And I've only had eight years and I have progressed mm-hmm. poorly in so many ways of just, I'll look back even this week and just like, man, what was I thinking when I handled this situation that and and none of it's catastrophic Mm -hmm. at least i hope not uh but i also think like i want to be the best dad that Mm -hmm. i know how to be but aren't we always striving to be the best christians that we should that we want to be and then we always look back and go i just gossiped about that person Mm. or i just judged that person so i think in everyday life and everything we do even football players you know this is going to be i'm going to be the best quarterback Mm -hmm. there ever was but I'm sure they all look back and go, boy, I really botched that play. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in everything that we do. I think that you know? speaks a lot to just how good God is. Mm-hmm. Knowing, I agree. I just, he know. not only does he know that it happened, he knew it was going to happen before it did. And mm-hmm. he says, I still love you anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's so powerful. So we talked a little bit about this before you coming on and doing the podcast, but um, you had referenced earlier that you had a son who who passed mm-hmm. away, and, and you share as much as you feel comfortable okay. with that, but uh, do you mind sharing mm. some about that? Um, <clears throat> my older son's name was Calvin, and um, <laughs> he was a really good kid. He was so good with children with disabilities. He was great with older people. Um, he was so tender and gentle. He was severely ADHD. But um, he was a hardworking kid. Um, unfortunately, I raised my kids to be a little on the naive side and kind of sheltered them a little bit. And um, when he grew up, he um, tried college for a year or two, two years. And it just went for him. And in schooling, going to university or whatever, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. So he decided to get to the Army. Okay. And he... Um, he did great. He did great. And then he got his station uh, in Georgia. He got stationed in Georgia. And there wasn't a lot going on. So his um, cavalry scout team was kind of assigned to do lawns and stuff. Um, and so this was in the early, or late, 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 late um, 90s, early 20, uh, 2000. And he met somebody online. And um, he believed everything that was said. And, you know, it just got worse and worse and worse. We didn't know this was going on until November. And he was 21 now. 
and um, we found out about it, and he had gone AWOL to go see this person, and she came back, but it, it just, with him, and it just, it just went horribly wrong. So he uh, got out of the Army, and he went to live with her in California, and the relationship went very sour, and um, he decided that he did not want to live anymore. And um, he um, he died, and so um, that was devastating, absolutely devastating. And um, I, I, you just never get over it. You just don't. My husband was amazing as he always is during this time. Uh, we pulled together so closely as a family, the five of us. And how, how um, old was he? He was 21 and a half. Okay. So Ron had been in his life for about 10-ish oh, yeah. years? Okay. Ron has been an amazing dad. Yeah. He is just... Oh, yeah. Been, what you see here is how our home life is. Well, and he's a great granddad. I've seen that, Yeah, too. he's a great grandfather. Yeah. He is. So, um, <clears throat> so one of the things, uh, the day after, we, we found out late that night that he had died. And so we, as a family, decided that we were not going to let this horrible thing ruin our lives but we were going to take this bad thing that's happened and we were going to help others with it and we have been very blessed to be able to do that you know other people that have lost their adult children whether it be by their own hand or by an accident Mm -hmm. or what have you um it takes the sting away a little bit but it's still there um no, I didn't go to counseling. Um, I'm not really a counseling kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've gone previously, like with Calvin, but I'm just it just doesn't work for me. And so, um, a lot of prayers, um, a lot of family togetherness, um, a lot of committing to God and fulfilling those commitments has helped me a lot. Yes, I still cry. You know, it's been yeah. 21 and a half years now, I guess. It was 2000, so yeah, it's been 21 and a half years almost. Um, I still cry. I still miss him so much. I still have the what-ifs sometime, because when somebody you love passes away, you, know, you get the what-ifs. What if I would have done this? Yeah. Or what if we would have gone to this doctor? Or what if I just would have gone over there? And you can't live like that. Mm. You know, God has taught me that he has put us on this earth to live and that we're going to lose the people that we love in ways that we don't like and um <clears throat> and that we um we need to trust in him and to carry on and it's hard sometimes it's hard yeah. but we've done it and we are doing it but I still have my weak moments and um you know but you got to keep on. And I've got the good memories. I've got the bad memories, too, you know, as you do with teenage kids. <laughs> but I mainly have the good memories, and those are the ones that I focus on. So so uh, what was your support system like beyond your immediate family? What was that like going through that? How were how you surrounded? Then? <clears throat> well, um, <laughs> it was pretty amazing. You know, there's, I forget what book it is. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I forget. It's a quote from a book. I, was, I may, may even have it backwards. 
We found out at 1030 on a Monday night. And so we called our minister here at Northwest, um, Marvin, and we called our youth minister, and we told them what happened. Mm -hmm. They came over. And more, in, you know, people were calling each other. And um, by 1130 that night, I felt like half the congregation was mm -hmm. at our house, you know, loving us. It, it, it was just amazing. You know, nobody left until like 1230. Neighbors were coming over because they saw the commotion. No, we weren't loud or anything. But they came over and... <laughs> um, a lot of cars. A lot of cars yeah. were there. And um, I, it, it was just, I was so blown away. The next morning, starting at 10 o'clock, people started coming over again. And because uh, his dad was in Japan, stationed in Japan at the time, we had we he asked us to wait till he get back the following weekend, and of course we agreed to that. And so, um, so every day, people came over. They we had so much food. We were so grateful for the second refrigerator we had in the in the garage. Um, it was so funny. People would call and say, "What do the boys like to eat? They like ham." We had so much ham. We had ham <laughs> in the freezer for six months. I mean, we had so much ham, and it was hilarious. But we had so much food. And then Chuck, who was the minister of the family, he came over, mm -hmm. and um, we had him cremated, but he was in California. Um, he and Doug, Doug, another member of the church who was a, um, a funeral home person, Okay. Um, he helped us get everything arranged to California and have his ashes delivered to us and, and everything. I mean, we we exercised, we ate, my house was clean, and we felt so loved. The love was incredible. I mean, it just, it was almost overwhelming. It was one of the most beautiful things in the yeah. world. And it continued on through that Sunday and then through the following Monday. So, I mean, we had eight days of people just loving on us and taking yeah. care of us. And then what was really neat, usually after the funeral or the next day after the funeral, everything stops. Well, it did stop with people coming over. But people started sending cards. We know that sometimes things stop. And we just want you to know that we're still thinking of you. We love you. I had friends yeah. that would come wow. over just to visit from the church and neighbors too. Um, it just continued for weeks, you know, like three or four weeks yeah. and not every day, but enough to know that I still felt that support there, you know, and Ron was just, he was my rock during this whole thing, you know, and for not just for me, but for the kids, because it was devastating to all of us. So, yeah. so that's what it was like, you know, and we have cherish those friendships and we mm -hmm. still do the ones that are still with us and the ones that have moved away we still will never ever forget that time yeah. ever absolutely what is there something that for, for any parent who's hearing this who's who's lost a child whether it be by their own hand or from an accident or an illness or or even if it was they weren't adults they were younger children mm -hmm. um and, and our churches experienced that Don't fairly recently have. too um, what what might be a piece of advice or encouragement that, that you would give to them? You know, it um, 
of course, every situation is different, and no disrespect meant to anybody that have lost their children in other ways. Um, even if it's the same way, it's still not the same way because it was your child. Yeah. I would say to you, mourn your child, but don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on God, especially. Oh, I was mad at God. Believe me, and God knew it. He knew it, but I also know he forgave me for being angry. He knew I was scared and hurt and confused. And you probably feel that way too, but don't get lost in that. Get lost in the fact that you had a wonderful child for however many years God gave that child to you. And you have to remember that was a precious gift. And the love that God gives you every day and the grace he gives you every day is also a precious gift. It's still going to hurt, guys. It's still going to hurt more than you will ever be able to bear. But please do not give up on yourself. Do not give up on your spouse. Do not give up on your children and your friends. Remember, your friends don't know what you're going through. And really, your husband doesn't even know what you're going through because he didn't carry those babies. Mm-hmm. You know, you did. But it's still their child. And that's still the siblings of your, of your other children. And the grandparents, don't forget about them too because it's a loss for them. And just be patient because every single day it's going to be a little bit better. It doesn't stop hurting. You just learn to cope with things a little bit better. If you're a counseling person, kind of person, then go get counseling. Join a grief group. Call me. I'll talk with you. I, I, I will sit and listen. I won't tell you to stop crying because some people are so sweet and they want to help and they don't know what to say. And they'll hug you and you say, don't cry, don't cry. You need to cry. It's okay. You need to cry. They'll tell you he's better off or she's with God and and all these things. And you know these, but they start getting to be a little irritating because you hear them all the time. I just encourage you, don't give up on your friends. They're only trying to help and they don't know what to say. Um, So just hang in there. And you can get my number from Casey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah if, if, so i have your permission i can pass oh, yes. that along okay oh, yes. cool cool well um i think that that was thank you for sharing that that was very very powerful and i, I know that's something that even when we talked on the phone you talked about you still carry those things still and i did that was i mean what 15 years ago or probably 21? more 21 uh, 21 okay. and a half wow and, and so he's been gone as long as he's been that he was alive. Yeah. You talk about how that hurt is still, still there. It's still there. And so I, I'm, I can tell you I am very grateful that you are a part of our church family, that you reached out, that you were one of the first people who called me or texted me mm-hmm. after we had the loss in, in our church family mm-hmm. um, of a little boy to say, mm-hmm. You know, my situation was different, mm-hmm. but losing a child isn't easy on anybody it's ever. Not. And and so um, I'm here for whatever. And I know that that meant a lot to to the parents and to and to all of us, honestly. Well, it was really neat because at the memorial service or the visitation, I got to talk to 
one of the grandmothers. Mm. And we just talked for a really long time. I know and you're it, talking about she's a sweet lady. It's yeah. very sweet. Yeah. And, you know, I just felt for her the hurt that she was going through that she couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, um, I think we're getting close to kind of our, our time. You've shared a lot. <laughs> you've you've experienced a lot of life. Can I can I be honest about how I perceived you when I first met you? Sure. I just assumed that you were just the baddest mamma jamma female in our church <laughs> because <laughs> because I saw I saw you roll up in your truck <laughs> and you, you drive what's it an F two fifty crew cab. I mean I mean do you have to get a running start to get into that thing? No, fortunately, there's a running board and there's a handle, and okay. I step on it and I drag myself up. My so. my uh, one of my kid, my daughter went on a date with a guy one time who his truck was so hiked up that and, you know my daughter's not like she's I don't know five six five seven mm-hmm. she's not like a tiny tiny person but she had to get a running start to get up oh my word into the truck which at, at that point you you know you're thinking. Is it worth it? Boy, are you sure this is a good idea? No, it's not worth it. You got to put the running boards on there. <laughs> you got to have that handle in there, <laughs> and leather seats. Leather, leather seats. seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I remember seeing you like it was one of the first times I met you because you were up here and you met us when we moved all our stuff out mm-hmm. here, and you took us over to uh, it was a food truck park. Yeah, over uh, at Casa Halotas. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Senior Citizen Activity Center in Halotas. Yeah. And they had a food truck night. Yeah. And so we yeah. went over there. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But I remember you stepping out with your with your sunglasses and your mamma jamma. I'm like, man, I wouldn't want to come across that woman in a dark alley one night. But it turns out I would because you'd probably be the best person to protect me in the process. So. Oh, don't don't get my temper started. I know, I know. I I, I, I watch my watch my step. Everywhere I go. See, right? that's where the little temper comes in handy, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a protector. That's I, that's who you are in a lot of ways. And anytime there's a safety concern of any kind, and oftentimes when we think about watch team, it, it's immediately, you know, well, what if there's an active shooter that that comes into our church? And that has been uh, something that has concerned a lot of people mm-hmm. in the past. I mean, since COVID, it hasn't, but. In the past, it concerned some people, and there was a, a church up uh, just outside the DFW area where mm-hmm. they experienced mm-hmm. that. And I remember a lot of people getting concerned about that. And I'm like, guys, Brenda's got this. Like she's Thank you. like you think she. I, I try to express like this is a conversation they've had. Now, mm-hmm. will everything go perfectly according to plan? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But that's because in in those type of situations, nothing is ever according to plan. But it's more than that. You know, you talked about VBS. What if you know, a little four-year-old wanders out the wrong door. Uh, our church is at a great location in terms of people seeing it, mm-hmm. but it's also a highway. People mm-hmm. are driving really, really fast to mm-hmm. go out there. Who's going to be out to make sure that they don't just accidentally wander out into the street? You mm-hmm. know, there's there's a lot of things to consider there. And y'all, uh, you and your team are so great at just thinking out these scenarios and how can we help? How can we keep not just keep people safe, but keep people feeling like they are safe. Um, and then COVID has presented safety issues mm-hmm. of its own of mm-hmm. how, you know, is it a good idea to keep people from hugging when that might not be safe? Right. What do we do about that? And, and y'all, you've been so good at working with our leadership team when so many people are saying, uh, we don't know. 
Yeah. What should we do? And well, you know, we're adults, and and, yeah. and that's a choice that we make. And you know, I think somebody here came up with the sticker idea. You yeah. Know, green, yellow, yeah. and red. I think that was really helpful. Yeah, we're great. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, I, again, we're adults, and if yeah. we want to hug each other, you know, as long as the other part, the yeah, it needs to Huggy. be mutual. It needs, needs to be, be mutual. mutual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's fine. But, you know, we're not going to go ripping people apart yeah. because we're adults. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they, you know, if we see children licking each other, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's go talk to your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, but. I feel like your grandkids and my kids are susceptible. They're yeah, candidates so. for that, They're unfortunately. candidates, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but, um you know, I think just using your head about things, being very diligent about washing and, and everything. Um, you know, my husband and I are both high risk, so we got the vaccine. Yeah. You yeah. know, but we have been out and about in all of it, you mm-hmm. know. and um, The vaccine's helped yeah. our church tremendously. I think so, and I think that's really important. Yeah. I think it's important that we're together. Yes. You know, because... You know, that stupid song comes to mind. We are family. Um, you know, and, and it kind of went through my mind that, that time in the parking lot, the first time we were all back together. Mm-hmm. So um, even still, people are very happy to see each other. Yeah. And um, as more people are coming back, I just think it's it's great. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brenda, I have really loved our time together. Thank Hopefully you. this recording works so Hopefully. other people Fingers can experience crossed. it too. But thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, but also, more importantly, a part of our church family. Thank you. For coming up on 30 years, you've experienced so much life, for better or worse, and and you've walked alongside some people who've experienced some of those similar things. So thank you so much for for just being you. For... Uh, thank you to Ron. Hopefully, we'll have him on the podcast at some point. Uh, cool. see, seeing how our resident Church of Christ Catholic is, uh, what he's up to. <laughs> he's and, the hardest working Catholic he, in, the whole, in our whole congregation. <laughs> Man, love that guy. He so, does it willingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This absolutely. is all on his own. I'm yes. not forcing him. <laughs> so. so, hopefully, we can have him on at some point. Okay. But thank you so much. And you, you guys be safe. Have a good week. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, thanks so much to Brenda for coming by and sharing her heart. There's some really uh, real life-heavy stuff that she went through and really thankful for a church family that's looked out for her and how she's looked out for so many other people as well. So a big thanks to her. Hopefully more episodes will be coming up soon. Uh, Life has slowed down a little bit for the producer, and so uh, stick around, stay tuned, and hopefully we will be able to hear some more stories of what God is doing in the lives of so many people in our church family. Thanks, you guys. Have a blessed week. We'll talk to you later. Look out,